Hey guys, before we start, I wanted to talk a little bit about my vitro. It probably sounds familiar as I've talked about it on this podcast before, as well as had Danielle Hall on an episode herself. Danielle has had three miscarriages and two rounds of IVF, and she started my vitro to help other women struggling with infertility. So she was frustrated with the options available to store her expensive fertility medications. So she created the fertility caddy to organize all the needles vials, injectable pens, and supplies that are necessary for treatment cycles. So feel prepared and get ready to take control when that giant box of drugs shows up on your doorstep. And with the code LAM, L-A-M, you can get a free injection trainer with your purchase. So let's get into today's episode. Hello everyone. We have Katie Hill on today's episode. I am so excited to get to know a little bit more about her and her story and also what she's doing for the community because I know she has kind of like a really cool thing that she's taken on for us lost mamas. So Katie, I am just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you would like. Thanks, Shelly. So I figured I'd just kind of start with, um, I met my husband in college, um, Jonathan. John, um, and uh, in 2008, and then we got married in um, 2013, um, and we have two little boys um, from, so I got pregnant with my son, Ethan, in 2015, well, I had him in 2015, um, and Jacob in 2017, and um, both of those pregnancies were, like, just very smooth sailing um and and I actually remember being like I remember being like scared about and thinking like I don't think I could handle if I had to deal with like pregnancy challenges and that kind of thing like um and I kind of even remember thinking that when I was like a teenager like I really hope like I remember like praying like I hope I don't have to that's not something I have to deal with because I don't think I could do it Um, and so then, so to have had, so it was, it was, I was very grateful that they were just easy pregnancies and deliveries. Um, and so then in, then in kind of 2018 was where I figured like I would jump in. We had, that was like a big year of change, um, for our family. Actually the past couple of years has been, um, just a lot a lot of a lot of change and a lot of things going on so um you know after I had having the two little ones I was ready I was ready to not be going I was commuting to a job in uh the city I live near Philadelphia so uh I'm in the suburbs so I was taking the train and I was just ready to not be doing that anymore so I did a big job change um, in March, and then in August, we decided to move um, kind of temporarily to my in-laws' house. So it was just there was a lot of big life changes um, happening. And then um, that was in August we moved. And then I found out I was pregnant in February of 2019. Um, and this was my third pregnancy, and it was the first two were um, like they were pretty much planned. Um, I mean, we, we didn't know, you know, how fast it would happen, that kind of thing, but they, we weren't surprised, but this one, we were, we were pretty surprised. We were, you know, trying to 
we weren't really actively we weren't we weren't trying that hard to prevent but we weren't um it just wasn't like on our radar I don't think um like even I always get a little I feel like when I like was waiting for my period and stuff I always get a little like oh my god what if I'm pregnant or something um but it like didn't even cross my mind until I realized I was like maybe a day late um and so I um you know I found out I was pregnant like right after my birthday is actually in February um and so I you know I found out and then um I told my husband and he was excited and he was, he, he, we had not, we had wanted to wait until we were kind of settled a little bit more. Um, cause we were, you know, we were house hunting and, um, but it's like one of those things where usually when, um, I feel like often my husband is like, John will be not, uh, he's not always like, ready to do it until it's like but then once it's happening he's like okay let's let's go like this is happening what's what let's make a plan kind of thing he might not have said he was he might not have been like yeah let's do it now but once it's already happening he's he definitely like gets super on board and um so it was I remember like when I was pregnant it was kind of an overwhelming time because I was trying to do like this high stress job and we were living far away from my family like not that far but um we weren't in we were kind of out of sorts a bit um but we were so excited and I was actually I remember it gave me a little clarity that like okay look I need to slow down a little bit um and uh so it was a mostly normal pregnancy except that I do remember they pushed back my duty um they pushed it back like a week or eight days or something like that. Um, and it, I really didn't like that. Um, and, but I remember it had happened with one of my other pregnancies. Like I think with Jacob, that the same thing had happened that they pushed back my due date by a week. So I wasn't like super concerned about it. Um, but it's always annoying when you're in the first trimester and you get extended another week of it and you're feeling terrible and you're like, I just want to be further along. Um, so, um, you know, so I was plugging along and then I went to my, I remember I went to my appointment, um, for my, it was like, I would think it was around like almost 16 weeks. Um, so it was just my checkup. And, um, so this was in May of 2019 and my, my husband like never came with me. He doesn't usually come to like just my regular appointments and stuff. Cause I try to try to do them during the day. So it's easier, um, to get there. And, um, and usually, you know, they're just doing the, doing the Doppler asking you how you're feeling and, um, that's and that's what I was used to, I guess, is that I was just used to these quick appointments where I pretty much was like, oh yeah, everything's fine. And they would um, say, you know, okay, sounds good. See you in four weeks or whatever. Um, but I do remember on that day that I felt, I remember when I got there, 
I was running a couple minutes late and I remember going to the bathroom and looking myself in the mirror and look, thinking like, I don't really look that good. Like I, I felt kind of out of breath and I looked, I was like, you just look a little like pale or something. Something doesn't look right. Um, and I also had, had been having like these ex really bad headaches, um, which I've gotten in all my pregnancies at different times. So I wasn't like too freaked out about it, but I remember I was going to talk to the doctor about it. Um, but once I, I, by once I went into the room and laid down, I remember thinking like, my belly doesn't feel as big, like, as I feel like it should. Like, I remember kind of having this thought of like, something seems off. And then she was trying to find, then the nurse was trying to find the, you know, the baby's heartbeat with the Doppler and, um, and she couldn't find it. And that's when I was like, Oh no, something is, something is like, there's something is wrong. And the doctor came in and he was very nice. And, um, you know, they're like, you know, don't, you know, try not to panic because you don't know we don't know what's going on yet at this point. Sometimes the babies are moving around or whatever, but I was like, I'm in the second trimester. I was here four weeks ago. We could hear the heartbeat fine. Like this doesn't really, it, it wasn't adding up like for me not to panic. And also, I don't know. I feel like sometimes they tell you like, don't panic, but like, what's the, like, okay. Yeah. Don't panic, I guess. But like you can you can, I think you can feel your feelings whenever you're feeling them. I guess that's one thing that I've kind of come to recognize is that like, you don't have to push, like you, you don't have to sit there and say, everything's okay. Everything's like, no, you know, things are not okay. Trying to convince yourself that they are, isn't going to really get you where you need to be. I guess that's like, so, I mean, I really was like, for me though, I just was like, you know, I just need to take one tiny step at a time. I know I need to go. Unfortunately, I had to go downstairs to the. Um, so they sent me to get an ultrasound, which was downstairs. They this the OB office I was at at the time didn't have. Um, they didn't have an ultrasound in the office, so I had to go out of the office downstairs, wait in the lobby while I'm like such a wreck and. Um, that was probably one of the hardest parts just like sitting there trying like I had already started crying and like I just felt like god I just don't want to be I just wanted like at least like I, I, I mean I was just sitting there praying and like texting my my mom and my sister um and I was and I was by myself because I didn't you know it, it wasn't supposed to be an ultrasound and actually like I did I think I did have my sister come to my 12 week ultrasound for, with this pregnancy because I felt a little, like I did feel a little nervous in this pregnancy. Um, so my sister came when I had that, the 12 week one, but everything was fine. And, um, but I remembered thinking, and like, I think I, I had been to ultrasounds with my other pregnancies where, you know, sometimes somebody came with me and sometimes they didn't. And, um, and something told me that time to bring, to try to see, to bring somebody with me. So, um, so I had the, so I had the ultrasound and, and I went in and I, I remember that moment of like them putting it on and I was like, there, there's a baby. Like, where's like, I can see him. He looks like great there. 
Um, but then she like quickly turned the screen off and was say, you know, then she actually, this was, <laughs> this was a difficult part too, because the, I did the ultrasound tag wouldn't, and I know like, it, and don't blame her. They can't really say much. Um, but then she did ask, so she, she wouldn't, I was like, can you see the heartbeat? And so she wouldn't answer that. So then I just was like, okay. And I just stopped talking completely and was just sitting there like kind of praying kind of just like just sitting there trying not to like just like counting the moments almost like just like okay I just need to get through the next couple minutes and then the doctor will come in like and I, I feel like maybe that's some kind of like biological response where your brain just gets into like this is what you need to do and then event and then you'll do the next thing and then you'll go home and um and so um but she did start asking me like have your pregnancy symptoms started going away and some of those type of questions which I was like are you kidding me like no don't ask me <laughs> like either talk either tell me something or don't tell me something but don't ask me like questions about that especially because I was like I was in the second trimester. I was like 16 weeks. I was not, no, yeah, I wasn't having nausea and stuff anymore, which usually for me is pretty much like the, I don't really get a ton of nausea anyway, but it usually is kind of gone by 12 weeks or so. So um, I, I was just kind of sitting there like, okay, I just need you to like, just finish what you need to do and get out and get the doctor and let's just let's just do this. Um, and so the doctor came in and, um, and I, I, I don't know if I had met this doctor in my previous pregnancies, and, but for some reason, I just remember he had his hands, like, I don't, it seemed to me at least like his hands were in his pockets. And, and then there also was a, um, like an intern or resident or somebody that was that was shadowing him and I just remember like thinking like I was very fixated on her and just thinking like why are you I wish you weren't in here <laughs> like, um because I mean he and he he actually I've I've had further experience with this doctor and he really is great um but at the time he you know he told me you know, there's no heartbeat and like gave me, that, that pretty much was it. I think he might've mentioned a couple other things that it probably had been like a day or two basically since the baby's um, heart had start, stopped beating. Um, and so I had to go, so they told me to go back up to my OB's office. So I went back up and um, at some point I had called my husband um, and so I called him again. So I was talking to him again while I was in the OB's office and they, they were really great too. They took me back like straight away. Like I didn't have to wait, um, in the lobby or something again. Um, so, um, then they were able, then we, because I wasn't having any bleeding or anything like that. Um, they, you know, and because of how far along I was, they recommended having a DNC. So, um, I did, and they were able to take me the next day, which I was grateful for. Um, so we made that appointment and then, um, I left and, 
um, I remember I went to, my sister was at my parents' house, like right around the corner. I have, um, I have four sisters. And so I, <laughs> I just say my sister and I could be talking about any one of them, but um, we're all really close. And um, so she was like, do you want me to come pick you up? Like, and I, and I was like, no, it's all right. Like, I don't know. I don't really feel like going over to mom and dad because I didn't want to worry about like, I didn't want to upset my mom. Like I knew she was, I just needed a minute to like, just process it and just kind of, you know, it's just so for me, especially cause I was just not, I just was not prepared. I just didn't think that that was going to happen. And like, it's so drastic when you're like, you know, when you're pregnant and you're like, a hundred percent pregnant I guess this is the way I kind of think about it it's like you're so you're pregnant you're totally pregnant and then all of a sudden you're you're not at all and so for you know for me if I think for the person going through it it is so like earth shattering but for everybody else they it's not really I mean for the rest of the world really it's just not it doesn't have the same thing and the whole world hasn't changed for them um but um but my I mean my my so my sister was great so I was like you know what I'm kind of hungry like I just want to go to McDonald's and get like a gigantic fry and a burger and so um so she came over and met me at McDonald's um or I picked her up or something um and I remember we were just sitting there in the car and I was just a mess and uh and like she was crying too and somehow I think like I do think that this is something I would want other people like that are trying to support, especially like if you're really, you know, if it's someone that you're really close to, don't be afraid to like cry with them um, because it does kind of make you feel a little bit better. Like it made me feel like, oh, like she's really sad too. <laughs> like, um, and so, um, you know, so then my other sister came over too, and we were just sitting in the car, and um, and Anne was sitting in the baby seat actually, um, in the little car seat. So then my husband came, and anyway, so then we had I had a DNC the next day, um, and so after after that. Um, I took like a day or two off of work but I mean this so this was a Wednesday when I had the appointment and I was supposed to go back to the office afterwards so I didn't um and then had the appointment or this was a Thursday then I had the appointment on Friday and um we went then I went down the shore um for the weekend my aunt and uncle have a place and they said we could go there so I went down with um for some reason, my husband couldn't go. I just went for an overnight with my sister and the kids. And it was really nice. It was nice to just be like looking at the ocean and just chilling. And, um, and, uh, but then, and then I went back to work on Monday and I just kind of like jumped back into my normal life, but I was really struggling probably like that whole summer. I just was really like, I was really, um I was struggling like with God too I think um I just really didn't understand like 
it was hard for me to like, I didn't understand why it had to happen. I didn't understand, like, I didn't, I wasn't able to even think about the concept of like finding meaning because I was like, no, I, I was like, I had like a mental block up that I was like, if I even like that somehow, if I consider that, like, if I, if I accept this, then I'm somehow saying that I wanted it to happen or something, or that it's like for the best or so. And I'm like, no, there's the best thing would be if my baby was here with me. And so I couldn't, but it was, it wasn't great for me because I was kind of stuck. Um, and I also was like, it was kind of tying into this, like, I was already kind of having a little bit of the struggle because I, I had done this Bible study the year before, um, or like a couple years. Um, it's like a every year type of thing. So, um, but the first year was a lot of it was about, you know, Jesus and like, and deepening your relationship with Jesus. And so I really, um, I was struggling too with like why Jesus had to die on the cross. Like, and, and I felt kind of silly about it. Like, cause I was like, uh, but I just felt like couldn't, I felt like there should have been I guess that was the thing. I felt like there, sh I felt like there should have been, why did it have to be this way? That was like the big question I was really struggling with. And it was like, why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Why did my baby have to die? Like, why couldn't it go have gone a different way? And like, and somehow it was like, if I'm accepting that this, I just had like this block around it. But once eventually, like, I actually said it out loud at one of the Bible studies when I was um well so I'll just jump forward a little bit so in in August I found out I was pregnant again um in August 2019 so this was like four months after um after the miscarriage and um and so I was you know I was excited I was a little nervous and my husband was kind of the same way um and then in um then it, so then just to finish that thought at one point in the fall I mentioned something in my bible study about like the struggle that I was having and once I said it out loud it kind of helped because I was like you know what it's okay like it's okay it's all right that I was able to because like, I think I was also feeling guilty that I was like questioning God's plan kind of thing and so I wouldn't let myself so I was having these questions but I wouldn't let myself explore them and so it was just like I was just kind of stuck and and then I was pregnant again and so I didn't I really didn't want to be struggling in this way and so I was like you know what I need to just like let it go or I think I just like tried to just like ask God like what is it like why did it have to be this way and then I really like I just kind of had like maybe the Holy Spirit tell me like that this, this is the way it is. And yeah, and like just answered my question of like, my, I think that's my question was, is it, wasn't there a better way or something? And it was, I was like, no, <laughs> this is the way, this is the God, this is what happened. This is God's way. And like, there's, a, and there's a lot to that, but I don't, but like, I just had this feeling of like, I don't need to keep asking this question over and over like this is this no yes this is the best this is the best way like there's not I I didn't because I didn't have like I think I had another answer to how everything should be <laughs> um so
so I kind of had this feeling of peace like you know what I think I'm done with this line of questioning and it's and I had this feeling of like I can accept that this happened and also that I loved my baby and would have wanted her I found out it was a girl at this point um it was a girl and we didn't um we didn't they didn't know what had happened like why um why I her heart had stopped um but uh but so I was I was able to have this piece um which was really nice because um so in September they again they pushed my due date back and that was really difficult um and and my five-year-old four-year-old at the time got Lyme disease and so it was very much feeling like a flashback to to April when my date had, due date had been pushed back and my my youngest had broken his leg so it was like this succession of like I'm pregnant now there's something there's a change in the pregnancy and then something like difficult happens with one of the kids and so um I kind of was I was getting pretty stressed at that point um and and that whole like fall all like we just were really it was just a really tough season for us like health-wise like we just kept getting every like I got strep like three times I think or twice and um and so we were really like there was a lot of health like just normal you know we got the flu it was just like all of the sicknesses we somehow were getting them all and I would get one and then like one of the kids would get it and then my husband was sick and Jacob was getting these like my um, youngest was getting these ear infections like um so it was that there was a lot of stress with that too um and so I was very glad though that I did have that like moment of peace I think that was in I want to say that was like the end of October beginning of November um and so in November I had my I had a doctor's appointment right again around like 15 16 weeks and I had expressed or I guess it was the one before that at 12 weeks or something I had I had told mentioned to the doctor that I was getting pretty nervous because of the last time like that this something had gone wrong around that time and so they um she was like oh well if you want well you can go in for an early ultrasound at 16 weeks so we did so we went in november and um unfortunately john was with me that time and it was it was really nice um to like the ultrasound we went to a different ultrasound office and at this point i had also switched ob offices um because i really wanted to go to one that had an ultrasound in the office so that i wouldn't because that part was really hard having to like go down to the basement and then come back up um so I was at the ultrasound and so the this ultrasound tech was she was really nice and we had um to me I felt like the I didn't really notice her getting like quiet or anything maybe my I think my husband eventually he, he like more recently even he was like oh yeah she did get after a while she did get quiet but I guess because it still felt kind of normal in the beginning she was like oh and and we saw the baby's heartbeat and so I was like okay good everything's okay um and 
then but then the doctor came in and said can you come and see me in my office and I was like oh no (laughs) this is not good and so I remember telling my husband like it's okay everything's gonna be fine we just saw his heartbeat and let's it's gonna be fine it's it's okay um so we went in and then he proceeded to tell us like of all the things that were going on um and so um which was that he he had a heart condition and he had just like he had like a hernia like there was stuff that and so basically because of like there being these like three or four different major findings um they suspected that there was some kind of genetic chromosomal issue um and I never got like in any of my pregnancies to this point I never did like the genetic testing um just because I knew like I I knew how I I knew it wasn't going to change anything like with the choices I would make um but so because I hadn't but but then like we did really want to so they they suggested getting an amnio done and um so we did do that like two days later um which I'm really glad we did because we just wanted to know like as soon as possible we just wanted to know what exactly is going on so we could go from there so we found out that the baby um that um he had um trisomy 18 and uh so we named him um, pretty like soon after that. We named him Isaac Thomas, um, and uh, I just like I continued my pregnancy, um, and we went down to um, like fortunately there's CHOP is in Philadelphia, and they're a really great hospital, and so they. Um, they had this special delivery unit that we were able to to go to so we would have these like day-long appointments um and they were really difficult um because you'd have we'd have like we'd have all these ultrasounds but they would just like they would take like an hour and they would zoom in and like focus in on like his heart and they'd spend like an hour like measuring every little thing and like looking at everything and so you're trying and then you don't really get after the first the first one was the worst because we didn't get any information until the end of the day and it was like I don't know five or six hours um so I mean I'm really grateful for the way that they do it because I was able to we were able to just like take the day off and go and rather than have to like go to a ton of different appointments it was all in one day um and uh but it was pretty overwhelming and um so fortunately though we did find a just organization called be not afraid and they offer support it's they're actually they're a catholic organization but they do um i think they support everybody that you know wants it um, but they support people that are in this, that have, um, you know, a baby diagnosed with a life-limiting condition. Um, and so, like, so one of the hard parts when you do, like, when you're in that position is that a lot of the time they, it feels like you have to make all these decisions, but 
ultimately like I my kind of philosophy with it was like I just want to get the information and make the decisions we need to when the time comes um because it's like the like the hospital I felt like they like they're they are fantastic and but I did feel like the doctors are pushed like wanted us to say oh we're just going to do comfort care um but I didn't feel like I was, I just felt like I couldn't make, I wasn't ready to make that decision until after he was born. Um, and also I just felt like so much could happen still between now and then. I'm not going to agonize over these decisions that I don't really need to make right now. Like it's hard enough getting through the day and taking care of myself and the kids and like, so um, I'm really, and I'm really glad that I didn't like force myself to try to like make a decision because ultimately um he um we there were, we had a there was a court accident in be, the beginning of March so Isaac um I went in for my 32 week appointment and um the baby had he had passed away um and so fortunately this time I mean the whole thing was different because I had been, you know, it had been like, what, four or five months of like, four months, I guess, of, um, you know, we knew like, it wasn't, it wasn't likely to, it, like, it wasn't going to go the way we wanted at all. Um, like, but I was still hoping, you know, I was holding on to hope that like, maybe we would get some time with them. Like, and maybe you know because you read you do read like there are like little it was really nice like I saw this whole community like and there are babies that that are living like you know a couple years or you know even like the rare rarer situations where like they might live longer than that but but a couple years is that is a whole that's a whole life you know and like some of them like are miraculously like just doing fine like they just take them home and like they're doing fine and they don't even need that much health like care on top of you know normal stuff um I mean usually like usually babies with trisomy 18 they don't live very long um but but sometimes they do and and even like any I, I was happy for any time we would get um, and I really tried, I tried to just like have the same mentality as much as I could with my pregnancy itself. Um, and, and I think that I kind of was able to, for the most part. Um, I mean, it was really, it was really hard. Um, but, but, you know, I was glad that we, you know, we named him and we, 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 I, I'm pretty resourceful. Like I, I reach out and try to find stuff that'll, that'll, you know, help me. Um, so we found another organization, um, in New Jersey, um, three little birds perinatal and they do, um, they do, um, photography, the, uh, what's it called? The, um, now I lay me down to sleep. Like they partner with one of their partners. Um, and so we had a really nice maternity photo session and they also have a partner that does ultrasounds. Um, so that was like, it was a, re that was a really nice, for me, 
it was a really nice day. I think it was a little tough for my husband. Um, but he, but he would say it was a nice day too. And like, it was nice, it was a nice experience with the kids. Like we got, they got to see Isaac on the ultrasound and I got to have an ultrasound that wasn't like, so like medical, I guess. It was just a nice, we just got to watch him moving around. It just like was a nice little ultrasound. Um, and, uh, so, um, so he, um passed away on March 4th um and I it was actually like really peaceful um in the hospital it was really nice it was um I mean it was hard it was obviously it was really it was difficult but I was there was a big part of me that was like just relieved that like he didn't have to suffer like here because we were like the hospital was going they was they were open to doing potential surgeries and things and like it was a lot to imagine trying to do that and so like knowing that he didn't have to he wasn't gonna have to go through that um you know as much as it was hard because I wanted I wanted to like I wanted him to be here and alive and healthy like but I think because I had already kind of come to come to terms with because I like I I wasn't I know those questions I was having before never really came back um fortunately and so I was able to like really feel at peace um kind of throughout my pregnancy even though it was you know it was difficult and I was sad and stuff I wasn't like I didn't feel like I was constantly questioning why is this happening and that kind of thing. Like, I just was more like, okay, this is what it is. And I'm just going to do the very best I can. I'm going to make, you know, I was trying to trust, you know, myself and, and John that like we would make the, the right decisions when we needed to. Um, and that I was just going to, you know, love and take care of Isaac and take care of the, you know, just, just do what, do the best I could and try to stay as hopeful as I could because I didn't, it's, I think choosing to be, I think there is strength in, in choosing to be hopeful and it doesn't make it harder. That was one thing I guess I wondered, like, would it be easier or something to just accept, to not be hopeful? But I, I think it's easier to be hopeful. I think to hold on to hope, even if it doesn't turn out the way you're hoping is, is fine. Like I didn't feel, I didn't, I don't regret being hopeful. Um, so, um, so then we were, I, I, I also am really grateful for the timing because, because it was right before everything shut down. So it was March 4th and of 2020 and my um you know my parents were able to come down and the kids were able to come down we had a, like one of the things I think I had heard on I don't remember if it was your podcast but um somebody was talking about how they did like kind of a birthday party it's like a like when their kids when their older kids came and met the baby like that had passed away so we did we kind of did that like we had cupcakes and so I think it was easier 
like we we kind of tried to like you know celebrate a little bit while also like you know the kids knew we were sad and they were sad especially my four-year-old um so um but then so then we were also able to have like we were able to have the funeral and um or the service and and we had you know some of our family and friends were able to come and so i'm so i'm really grateful for that and and really all of the support that i got in general it really it helped so much and it was such a stark for me it was such a stark difference between my you know my second trimester miscarriage in may versus um you know this my experience with with losing isaac um and so i just and and i i think that it helped me a lot to process and to to feel like to to be yeah just to be able to go through it and know that um there there was just i just felt like there was a lot more support available to me um and even like one of the things that um that the hospital did was they sent us home with this um that with this basket that i think that somebody had donated to um to chop and so so it was nice that like i knew when i was leaving the hospital i was like okay i'm gonna go home and like maybe tomorrow or the next day i'm gonna sit down on my bed and i'm gonna open up this gift basket <laughs> and like just that that knowing that like this is a task on my list and it's gonna be nice was really for me it was really helpful because it's like it's it, in such a dark time and a difficult time it was nice to know like and it was it was touching too that somebody like put it together for me um so that really left like a big mark on me um and then so then then everything shut down with quarantine um which was probably like i guess like two weeks later um everything really closed down um and um then in july so we'll so for yeah for me quarantine was um it was kind of nice like just to be home i mean it was really difficult too because my grandparents passed away um we had a lot of loss um actually in this like winter and, and spring of 2020 um three of my grandparents passed away and one of my husband's closest friends um so but for my two of my grandparents we couldn't do the funerals because of covid which was really difficult um just for our whole family um but then in june we did see we i was outside with the kids and and john we were all out for a walk and it started raining and um my dad actually called me and so I was chatting with him and he was a little upset at, at the moment too. And, um, and then after I got on the phone with him and we were kind of huddled under this tree because it was raining pretty hard and we were just waiting for it to slow down a bit. And so then we turned around, it was kind of like a sun shower too. And so after we turned around, there was this huge double rainbow and it was so, it was just so beautiful that I was like, just really, 
felt like it was like my grandparents and, and like Isaac, just everybody like shining down their love on us. Um, and so as much as like this whole, that whole spring, I really felt like I felt a lot of peace and, um, and I kind of just tried to go with it. Like occasionally I would be like, Oh, maybe there's like, I don't know, am I grieving properly or something? But like, I think that yeah, that's kind of like the, it, the grieving process is what it is. And it's different for everybody. And it also was like, I pretty much was going through it for like a year. Like after, you know, I was, it just, for me, the two pregnancies kind of like melded into one, um, one long experience, um, especially because like the whole, pre it was like, we had anticipatory grief since November and like, and even before that in September, I really, I, when my due date was, that was when my due date was pushed back like 10 days. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. I got a, how would I have gotten a positive pregnancy test if I wasn't pregnant? Like, doesn't make any, it doesn't add up. And so, um, I knew, like, I just felt like I was grieving for so long that I think, um, that kind of played into it too. And, and also just that un there was so much like unknown, and then, you know, then we just get out of it and we're like, and then the whole world gets thrown into this state of unknown. Um, but I think for some ways for us, it was like, we've already been living in this for like five months. So it's not that different from what we were doing before. We still can't make any plans. Okay. Um, so anyway, that's kind of my story with, um, with my, you know, my loss of, um, we actually, we named the baby girl, Olivia Grace. I, I named her that actually, I didn't ask my husband, but he liked it. Um, and then, so we had Olivia Grace and Isaac Thomas. And, um, so after, so during quarantine, I spent a lot of time like trying to declutter my house and get really settled in because we had moved in and I was pregnant or yeah, pretty much I found out I was pregnant with Isaac like right around when we moved into our our house that we're in now and um so I didn't really do that much decorating or like moving furniture around we just kind of you know moved in um so with being home so much, I spent a lot of time doing that. And then towards the end of, um, once it got to like July, I started realizing that I was kind of done with that. Like I didn't feel like spending any more energy on the house and what did I want to do next? And I remember I was sitting out on my deck and I was thinking, um, I was just kind of thinking and sitting there and I was reflecting on that basket I had gotten from the hospital and I was looking at our um, butterfly bush and I just had this feeling of like, you know what, now is the time. Like, I think I want to start, I want to make these baskets. I want to give them out to other people. And so um, I ended up founding this nonprofit um, called Butterfly Baskets. And um, we are we do um so baskets and like care packages 
for people, for women um, and their families that are experiencing um, like a, a pregnancy loss or stillbirth um, or infant loss. So we're coordinating with, and right now we're mostly, um, you know, we're pretty local. So we're working with the hospitals in our area. Um, and, um, and it really has been like, it's really been a nice um, experience. Like, I just feel like, I honestly feel like God is like directing me to do it. Like I felt like God was like, okay, do this. And then like, then it all has just been kind of falling into place. Like it just, it hasn't been that. I mean, I've been working on it a lot, but it like the right people have been showing up. Um, you know, I was, I, I was struggling cause I'm an accountant. So I, I don't have like the marketing and stuff. And I was like, I really need a marketing person. And then I, um, this girl from my college reached out and she was like, I have a marketing background and I would love to get involved. Um, and it, it was, it has been huge. So she does all of our marketing and like, it really makes such a difference. Like, because it doesn't take, well, one, she does such a great job and I don't have to struggle at something that I, not my forte. Um, and yeah, so between her and then we have like a psychologist on our board. Um, it just, I just feel like we really, it has really been um, coming together so nicely. Um, and so now we're supporting um, five hospitals um and a few OBGYN offices um and we also have some of the um one of the local high schools they have been a huge help um with uh with making the baskets so we have this big service day on um Tuesday where they're gonna be um helping us assemble and um we actually got a big uh donation from um Lily Pulitzer so we're going to be incorporating um you know some of the items that they gifted to us um so it just has been a really like it's been it's been really healing for me and I think the feedback we've been getting on it is so nice um and like and actually one thing like so and some of the people that like occasionally people that have gotten one will reach back out and like either they want to pay it forward or they want to just let us know that like it made a difference especially right now like because we're still on like unfortunately covid is still a a, situ a big part of daily life and so a lot of the people that are going through like the dncs are are by themselves and so the hospital so the nurse will, or you know whoever is giving it to them they said they they off they usually give it to them like right before like when they're waiting to go back and they said it's been really nice um, for both the person who's going through it because they're by themselves so for them to know that like there's a whole like that was the biggest thing is I just want people to know that they're not alone that there is there's other people that understand and there's a whole community there's support available that you don't have to you don't have to jump back into normal life and if like and if you want to that's fine too like there's a, there's nothing however you need to go through it it's fine and and if 
you need to you know if like I guess one of the things that was like because grief is so personal we were trying to um not push anything on people um but I think like ultimately like that whole the whole experience no matter like the circumstances it's just it just sucks like it just is not a fun experience it's uncomfortable it can be painful and so we just wanted people to know that like that that people care about you and like when I'm putting the if I'm putting the baskets together like I'm literally thinking about the person who it's going to go for and like you know trying like sending them good thoughts and prayers and just like um and I think that that is something that people I think that makes a difference like I think that um knowing that there's other that there's there is like that you're not alone that you're not because I think it can be like pregnancy loss especially like it can be so isolating and because I think because like of that for me at least that part about like you know for you you're you're totally pregnant and then like you're not and it's just such a reality shift and so I think to to know that other people have gone through it and they've had that reality shift too and they're you know they will they want you to know that that they're thinking of you and that they know like that people acknowledge that it's hard um and uh yeah so so that is um that is butterfly baskets (laughs) and um it really has been um it's been a great I think it's making a difference and I'm so grateful for the people that have gotten involved and I'm, you know, I'm excited for, um, like our new programs. We're doing, um, a, uh, um, a peer to peer support program, um, that we're just starting up. So, um, and this is, it's local to like the Philadelphia area, but we help connect, um, women mostly women at this point um but you know we could connect um fathers too but um but it's just like that it's to that one it's basically kind of intended to be like an alternative to a support group or or like a supplement kind of thing it's not to replace um you know therapy or anything but it's just another um another opportunity for connection um, cause I think, I think, I really think that the connection and the community is so important, especially right now when, you know, we all have to stay, you know, six feet apart and, um, and we can't, we might not be able to be physically together. Um, I totally agree. I think that's so yeah. cool. I love what you're doing. Now, Thank if somebody, if somebody wants to find or connect with butterfly baskets, where could they do so? So our website, um, www.butterflybaskets.org has the most information. And then we're also on Facebook and Instagram. Um, And I think I made a Twitter too, but it's all um, at (laughs) butterflybaskets.org. Yeah, there's nothing probably. I think there might be one post on it. Um, I tried. I'm like, Twitter, I don't get it. (laughs) No, I've never been like on Twitter, but I was like, I probably should post something on Twitter. Um, so I think we did a big fundraiser, um, in the fall, we did a 5k, a virtual 5k. And so, um, 
I think that's when I made it. And, uh, but it, it, that was, that was really a great, it was, it was, that went really well. Uh, we had a lot of people that got involved and, um, and so we're hoping to do like some more, um, kind of community activities and stuff. Um, my, my five-year-old is the, well, both of my boys are the presidents of the, uh, the kids baskets. So we also have an Etsy shop, um, where we offer the baskets for people if they want to purchase for a loved one. Um, and, uh, yeah, so my kids usually help with making the kids baskets. <laughs> awesome. Well, if you could send me those links, Via yes, I will. Just for people to get connected with you, and I can put them in the description of this episode, so it's nice and easy for um, people okay. to find you guys, like your Etsy shop and um, right Instagram, all that. So yeah, um, they'll make it just really easy for people to get connected. So thank you awesome. so much, Katie, for doing this. Yeah, thank you, Shelly. Everything you do, I mean, you do a lot for the community, and I think that it's so cool. Thank you. And thank you for everything you do for the community. It really, it's huge. Um, I really appreciate this opportunity. Thanks. All right. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks, Shelly. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to share your life after miscarriage story, go to ShellyMetling.com. Click on the life after miscarriage tab and add yourself right to the recording schedule. And I can't wait to chat with you soon. Next one.